How's it going, sissies? Just thought of that right now. You know how, like, every podcast, they have a, you know, a lot of them have a thing, what they call their fans? That they call their avid listeners? Well, I just came up with our one. We're calling you lot the sissies. You know, if you listen to the sesh wagon with Matt Lilly, you're now a sissy. Congratulations, you're initiated, you're in the club, you're in the secret society. You know, after all, this is episode 33, so I thought I'd kick off by talking about and starting a secret society, because we all know 33, the Freemasons. Anyway, enough of that bullshit. Biggest news story of the week so far, especially here in Aotearoa. Uh, We've got a gay all black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a gay all black, first time ever. A former All Black has come out as a homosexual man. And we are so proud. We just want to send our love and support. And, you know, wish nothing but the absolute best for the great Campbell Johnston. You know, the three-test All Black, former tight head prop for the Canterbury and the Crusaders. And i got to be real with you. Campbell Johnston, back in the day, you know... Growing up, you know, he played for Canterbury, I think it was 2002 to 2008. Played a, I think he played a couple of games for the All Blacks in like 2006 or something like that. But, um, you know, as a young tight head prop myself through those years, as a Cantabrian, Canterbury fan, big fan of the Crusaders, you know, you best believe I knew exactly. I knew all about Campbell Johnson, you know. He was a bit of an ugly cunt, a little bit of a chubby cunt, not the most athletic looking prop out there, standard for the early 2000s though, but he was solid, he could hold down a scrum, he could, you know, take a good pick and go, just a solid, solid all round prop, like no weaknesses, like the kind of prop that you could go the whole game without the commentator saying his name more than twice, and that's honestly... How what I modelled my game out of just a solid prop that will hold up his side of the scrum, you know, be you know a quick and efficient with his line out lifts. I think he was like standard guy, always right there at the front. But um, yeah, just a solid. You know, he's going to be there to make make tackles and clean up rucks. Just just solid fundamentals, tie head prop, and he's come out as gay. About like you know, probably like ten years after he retired. So I reckon he must have had an interesting fucking 10 years. I didn't watch the interview. I didn't, like, pay attention to any of the mainstream coverage. I just read the headlines. But, uh, yeah, it is a, an interesting day that everybody's going to forget about in four days' time. So that's why I'm talking about it now, to strike while the iron is hot. But, yeah, we've got a gay all black, which, you know, mathematically there should be more. Well, there's been, I don't know, I've lost count, 1,500 and something All Blacks. I think the incidence of uh, homosexuality in the population is like 3%, which is like legit true. It's like way lot, people think it's way high. People think it's like 10 or 20% of people are gay. It's only like 3% if that. So like, you know, still that's quite a lot of people, but fuck all in the grand scheme of things. I think it's like 0.3 or 0.1 of trans. So that's even fucking less. Like, there's, you know, most people are good, straight, honest people. I don't mean that 
you can't be a good person if you're straight. I'm just saying, most people are straight. A lot of fuck with the straight too, so take that with what you will. So, but anyway, so by that logic, if you just take 3% of 1,500, that's what, that's 50? Is it 50? 30? It's 45. Close enough. Anyway. So there should be, theoretically, you know, 45, say, at least 10 of them are dead. So 35 living, past, current, and present all blacks are of the homosexual. And let's say 10 of them, 5 of them, I don't know. You know, way past coming out. I don't know, I feel like maybe if it's a real old cunt, they'll come out, but... So that's like, but I think also like rugby, to be an elite, you know, to make it to the top of a sport where the culture is, you know, admittedly, especially back in the day, quite homophobic, I'd say that would turn a lot of people away. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess there's, you know, I'd say it'd turn at least half of them, maybe even like 80% of them. So there could be like total like living and dead, maybe like five all blacks that have actually been properly gay. And like, probably none of the greats. You know, just high high masculinity, high testosterone. You know, sometimes those guys are gay, but you know, I think it's, I'd say it's even less than 3% that you get those guys are gay. So they're like, there literally might only be two or three ever. So I don't think, you know, so for those, those people out there that think that, oh yeah, now that this All Black has come out, that's going to open the door for all these other All Blacks to come out as gay. I think, you know, you're going to be sorely disappointed. I think this will be literally the only one for maybe the next 10 years. There might be like, you know, in 10 years' time. I think in 10 years' time anyway. I think that's a cycle, all this LGBT bullshit. I think like in 10 year time, whether it's because everything's been so hyper-normalized, no one gives a shit anymore, or because we have like a swing of the pendulum back the other way, and it basically becomes illegal, maybe not by the law, but at least socially, to even be gay. So I reckon in 10 years, no one's going to give a fuck, like, you, no one's even going to, either someone's going to come out and be like, no, who gives a fuck? We don't care. No one should, re- because that's where we should get to. Because who cares? Like, unless, unless you're hanging out with my kids, I don't give a fuck who you diddle down in the bedroom. And even then, as long as you're not trying to touch them yourself. You know, my theoretical children, my cat. He's the only close thing ever to a child at this point in my life. And that's probably for the best. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's really not that consequential of a story at all. I think, to be honest... To be honest, to the boy Campbell Johnston, like he thinks, you know, he's probably, you know, he's gay, so he's probably hanging around, he's probably just got like a real uppity young boyfriend recently that's put him up to this, he's probably, you know, he's been retired 10 years, he probably like, he might have gone through like a tough year or two, you know, I'd say at least by the age of 25, if you don't know if you're gay or not by 25, who the fuck are you? Like, 21 at least. Like, you should fucking know who you like fucking by that point. So, I reckon, most likely, he knew since that age. And he's just, you know, had to keep, had to keep it secret while he was playing. So, like, he's at least, 
And then, like, as soon as he was done playing rugby, like, he might, may have been like, no, nah, I can't do any of that gay shit around rugby. Someone's going to find out, and it's going to be a scandal, and there's no way I'll be in All Black. But, um, because, yeah, there wouldn't have been. 2006, no one's picking a gay All Black. But, uh, yeah. So I think it's, you know, I'm not blaming him entirely. He's probably got a circle around him of uppity gay millennials. You know, because he would have lived a good solid 10 years as, an, as a reasonably openly gay man. Like, New Zealand's not a big country. And, you know, there's people that knew, knew him, probably have known this forever. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if some players that he played with, because he's probably good mates with, knew this anyway. And it's just, you know, the way it goes, like, until you go public with something, like, open rumors. They don't really tend to exist because most people, most people in New Zealand aren't very skeptical. So like, even if you, even if someone said like six months ago, oh, you know, you remember Campbell Johnston, Canterbury prop, Crusader prop of early two thousands, played a game or two for the All Blacks. Yeah, fucking saw him down out in town last night, fucking mouth kissing some other dude. He's a, he's gay. And you know, if you said that to like ninety percent of people in this country, because how fucking skeptically just fucking annoying they are they would have been like oh get off it i don't believe you probably someone that just looked like him you know until it's public you know i'm not you know he was a prop you know of course he wasn't fucking gay like that's what people would have said you know especially people of a certain type fish you know probably a lot of people listening to this podcast would have said that but you know it was probably known for at least a good long time because like you know that's just how it goes and even if he was living in a different country, I don't know, I haven't looked into anything of what this guy's doing. Like, no one would have any clue or idea of who the fuck he was over there. So he would have just been living it up gay style. So basically, what I'm what I'm getting to in this long-winded fucking explanation here is, let's face it, this is a fucking publicity stunt. This cunt's, you know, he's, he's going for a book deal. He's going to get a book deal, a few TV appearances. You know, he's putting his name out there. Not saying he's doing it completely disingenuously because, like, he is gay. I don't think he's lying about that. But, like, you know. But then also, I can't blame him. I'd do the same. I'd do the exact same in his position because, you know, it's a good time. It's a really good time to do it. Like, he's probably, it's probably been something he was always planning to do, but he's just, you know, because you don't want to sit on it too long. You don't want to be, no one's going to give a fuck whoever the second openly gay all black is like good luck to you like this is this was this was probably like between the two or three gay former all blacks this was probably like a like a game of chicken i reckon just like they probably all knew each other because they were really fucking fucking each other but uh you know we know what they're like but uh you know it was probably a bit of a game of chicken between like you don't want to go you don't want to go be first and go too early, and get absolutely ridiculed, or you know, no one give a fuck, or it be like a bit of a controversy, say that's probably what ha- what would have happened maybe like 2008, most people would have, wouldn't have given a fuck, but like, the anti-voice would have been a lot louder, so like yeah, you definitely couldn't have come out then, and you know, people that had been in the All Blacks and gay out to that point, they were definitely never coming out publicly then, but the last two or three years ago, Maybe even two, three years, maybe even five or six. Like, it was always going to be a hundred percent positive. 
but like you also knew the longer you last it was probably going to get better like right now like it's 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 cool to be gay it's at that point where being gay is a like in no way a negative in your social and you know career and public facing life like it it's a bone a hell you know it's a hindrance to be a straight white male like moi but it helps to be a gay or some type of trans or some type of minority in the society like it's extra social credit points so like that's the thing so like the longer you waited so that's probably going to keep going for a few more years so if you if you waited even two or three more years like we could be at a point where you know all our leaders are gay and you literally can't even you know run a company or fucking do anything public unless you're taking it in the bum or chopping your dick and balls off so yeah man so it's probably a real game of chicken and he's gone out he's gone hard i think he's timed it well i think he's timed it well like definitely hasn't gone too early but i think probably like five more years he's probably got five years of like being able to milk this in terms of like people actually giving a fuck of who the first gay all black was because it's either going to keep so far in that direction that no one's going to give a fuck at all or it's going to completely swing back the other direction where it's going to be a bad thing and you don't want to be known as a gay anything in society so we'll see we'll see so but more power to him can't blame him i would have done the same you know if i was literally this is i would have probably done the exact same thing if i was in his position so yeah man but i was thinking about this i got a theory man i got a bit of a theory so you know if you're following rugby you know rugby's going down in popularity out of like major sports, especially in this country, it's probably losing popularity faster than any of them. You know, and there's a multitude of reasons for that, but I got, you know, I think, well, you know, like what I was talking about, at the same time that rugby is getting less popular, being gay and all these LGBT rights are only like been on the up. Like it's only been getting better and better, you know, because it was shit. I'll acknowledge that. It used to be really fucking shit to be gay in the society. And, you know, I think I, th- you know, I think that was bullshit. Hold on. We've got fucking big lights coming at me. I saw a cop earlier, so I'm a bit on edge. I don't know if this is a cop. This is just some cunt driving around in his high beams. Yeah, it is. Fuck you, cunt. You just had your high beams on going in a fucking suburban street. And you just made my heart rate jump out of my chest. So you can go fucking suck a dick. Anyway, so yeah, as like I was saying, so as rugby's gone down in popularity, being gay has gone up in popularity. And I think that they are directly correlated. Let me explain. Rugby is gay as fuck. And that's coming from somebody that, you know, that played rugby for 17 years, from the age of 4 to 21, I was playing footy. Maybe 20. We'll go 16 years. 4 to 20, I was playing footy. Every damn year. Alright? I started early. Started young. Because I was a young whippersnapper. Going to my older brother's games. And basically begging my parents to let me get on the field. So when I was 4, they were like, Ah, oh, yeah, we're going down there anyways. Let's chuck him in there. 4 year old in the under 6 is great. Fucking good times. Good times, Sunny Bill. Sunny Jim. Sunny Bill, Sunny Jim. So, you know... And I was a rugby fan. I've always been a big rugby fan. 
but it's pretty fucking gay. And I mean that in the literal sense. I mean that in the man-on-man physical contact, contact in a sex, in a s- sort of sexual way. I'm not saying that everybody that plays rugby is literally fucking or getting fucked in the ass by another man. I'm not saying that, like, you know. But may happen in certain contexts, but I'll put it this way. I don't think I played a single game of rugby where I wasn't groped or fingered or I didn't grope or finger another man. When I was taught how to lift the line out, I was literally told to get my thumbs as close to the lock's asshole and get my hands underneath his cheek. When packing down a scrum as a prop, the lock would then in turn have his hand come up between my legs with his forearm literally touching my testicles as he got a grip by holding the underside of my shirt. And, you know, when they're doing that, they're going in there blind. You think about that. You're coming from behind another man, reaching your hand between his legs and then trying to grab the underside of his shirt Every second time, first thing you're grabbing is not the shit. It's his cock and or balls. Let's be real. And the only reason that you grip like underneath like that, they say it's more stable. No, it's because you want to grab some fucking cock and balls. And, you know, on top of that, every piss up, every social occasion... That I've had with a rugby team. Gets really fucking weird. You know. Clothes get taken off. People get tackled. Wrestled. People get dared to do shit. Initiations happen. It's basically you know. It's basically like skull and bones. But without the glass coffin. If you know what I mean. So it's fucking gay. So I think you know. And it's been like this forever. Like, if you're listening and, you, you know, you're an OG out there, you're an old head, you've been playing the game of footy for 50 years. Like, this shit was happening early on. This shit happened early on, happens from a young age, and it's been going on for decades. Nay, centuries. Alright, and not to be a conspiracy theorist here, but I think that's the reason rugby exists in the first place. I think that rugby has been a front for straight fronting men to get their gay out of their system and they pepper it up with all the physicality and the physical contact and all the masculine shit as a cover so no one's everybody's none the wiser and we think they're all these big tough masculine men well no i'm fucking onto it it's all gay it's gay and it's been a front And it's been done on purpose. And I'm onto it. I'm onto it. I know what's happening, okay? World Rugby, you're in on this. You're in on this. This is why they're bringing in this fucking no tackling above the hips fucking bullshit law. Because they, you know, to increase the rate of accidental face-on-cock situations and tackles. You know? That's the other thing. Literally. When you're taught to tackle, you're told cheek on cheek. They want you to bury your face into another man's ass. 
the next thing they could do is, you know, if you pull a short down, his shorts down, stick your tongue out, you're eating his ass. That's all through this game. The signs are there. How am the only one seeing this? So anyway, because rugby for decades has been an outlet for straight-fronting men to quench their need for homosexual activity in their life, as the society has become more accepting and more open and more inclusive of homosexual people, the need for these straight-fronting men to play rugby goes down. Goes down. Because rugby sucks, man. Like, it's fun while you're doing it, and, you know, it's good to, you know, rough the boys up and get dirty and get down on your knees and work hard with the boys. But fuck, man, it hurts. It just hurts. It hurts. I don't care if you think I'm a pussy-ass bitch. It fucking hurts. Every day. Well, not every day, but every week. Sunday morning. The neck. The shoulders. The head. The back. The legs. You know? And if, God forbid, you took a nasty hit somewhere and you got a fucking welt and some bruising popping up. It's not going to go away for weeks. It just fucking hurts. And I think just, I think basically just what what's happening is men, straight fronting men are basically saying, why would I go to all that effort, train that hard, play some shitty game that I feel waking up terrible from the next morning, when I can just suck off my buddy and go back to my normal life none the wiser and not have so much shame and hate my life. And not play some physically violent, demented, fucked up game. That's becoming gayer and gayer. So that's my theory. If you don't like it, I'm going to offend you. It's true. Okay, that's. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from any of you rugby playing dorks. I know what you're up to. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing in the showers. I know what you're doing in the scrums. I know what happens in the bottom of rucks. I know what happens in lineouts. Don't be your start on the malls. And Bex, don't think I'm not talking about you because literally everything you do in life is gay as fuck. I'll give you credit. You don't hide it. Everybody already knows. But I'm talking about real rugby, specifically in the Ford pack. But yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So rugby's gay. Shout out to Campbell Johnson but yeah anyway we're here on January 31st literally 12.02 on the 1st of February now it's just gone 12.02 on the 1st of February January's come to a close January 2023 the first month of the year and fuck me boys was it a goodie a lot of first a lot of big things happened and if you've been listening to the podcast you, you should already know what, the, what happened but this month but pretty fucking monumental stuff you know we got to try some new drugs we set in motion some new hobbies new goals new titles and it started off on the first of january new year's eve night 
railing back lines of ketamine. Bringing in the new year with ketamine. Which was fucking amazing. Can't believe it's been four weeks already since I last did that beautiful drug. But fucking, you know, can't say enough good things about it. Disassociative. Gives you an absolute beautiful, euphoric feeling. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. So that's how we started the year. Then we went into the DMB festival. We uh, we absolutely, you know, less no. It was less than a week later. It was on the sixth. Golden Lights Festival, where we went absolutely fucking as hard as this human being has ever done on the substances, and we, you know, ticked off another substance and the cocaine, which was a good fucking time. Good fucking time. No surprise there. Of course, it was going to be a good fucking time. And then we rolled the year right around. We became a published scientific author in sports science. So, you know, again, I'm a public scientific researcher. Don't come at me about the science because I am more qualified than you, motherfucker. I, are you a published scientific author? No, so shit, sit the fuck down. You don't know how the research process works. I do. I've participated in it. And I've been published about it. So fuck you. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. But that was big. That was big. And then of course, last week. Almost a week ago today. Six days ago. We got up there and we did the stand-up comedy. And I'm not going to keep going on about it. But it was a fucking great night. I fucking crushed. And if you want to hear more about that in detail. Check out two episodes ago, or last episode, yeah, it was last episode, open mic, I go into detail, I tell it all, I set it straight, I tell you how it went, and fuck me, it could not have gone better, alright, now, this is the point of the show, that I like to refer to as the interlude, the break between acts, you've just heard act one, we're going to be moving into act two, but first, I want you, wherever you are, to grab your pipes, grab your bongs, grab your joints, grab your vapes, if you're a pussy, grab your, you know, turn the stove on, get your knives out, and get that fucking Gatorade bottle ready to go, because it's a smoke break, motherfuckers, and we're smoking some pretty good weed at the moment pretty good weed it's a bit more of a mellow feel definitely you know i think it's a good hybrid strain but definitely some good indica indica fucking high c cd it's the fucking get your words right high cbd strain sticking me to the chair sticking me to the couch not really getting being motivated to do anything which is a good feeling but kind of you know Fucked up my week a little bit because I like to smoke a little bit before I go to the gym. But this weed, every time I smoke it, the last thing I want to do is go to the fucking gym. So, I'll put it this way. This last week in a bit, I haven't been really going to the fucking gym. But anyway, back to the topic. Smoke break time, people. Going into, you know, I'll stop talking for a second here and I'll smoke this joint. And when I smoke this, I want you to smoke with me. And I want you to think about love and peace, and think about somebody in your life that you are grateful for meeting that person. Alright. We're going in.
Yeah. You know you need two puffs. Two puffs. Two puffs. If you haven't had that second puff, take it now, please. I just did mine. And yeah, think about that person that you're you're grateful for in your life. Anyway, back to the show. Back to the regularly regularly scheduled programming. And what else did we have this weekend? We but we had the NFL Conference Championships. We had the NFC Championship. You know. For those of the uninitiated, basically the NFL semifinals, winners of these two games, are going into the Super Bowl next week. We had a good game, and we had a shit game. First game, shit game, NFC Championship. Philadelphia Eagles hosting the San Francisco 49ers. I picked the 49ers. I thought big cock Brock Purdy was going to do enough to get the 49ers across the line. And the sad thing was, we will never actually know if he would have been good enough. Because in the first quarter, now granted, the 49ers defense, you know, not saying that, I mean, the, the Eagles defense, you know, they did well here. This was a good play. They got around and fucking can't remember who the lineman was, but they managed to get their arm to swat down Purdy's arm as he was winding up to throw, force the fumble. Recover the fumble, turnover on the 49ers' first drive of the game in the first quarter. But unfortunately, as that guy was swatting Big Hawk Brock Purdy's arm, he tore a ligament in his elbow and he couldn't throw the ball anymore. So they had to go to the backup, to the backup, to the backup. The fourth-string quarterback, Josh Johnson, the 49ers had to go to. And he was pretty ordinary. Not going to lie. Can't blame him, you know. Can't blame the 49ers either. Who, you know, who is four decent? There isn't a single NFL team with four decent quarterbacks. Most don't even have three. So, you know, and it is what it is, the way the game goes. If you've got a quarterback that's fucking up, delay of game calls on the line, just doesn't really know the full playbook, hasn't been there that long, it's just fucking everything up. And it's just getting no offense. It's impossible to win. And then fair play to the 49ers. Their offense went pretty well. They won 31-7 in the end. And and it got even really bad because Josh Johnson got a concussion in the third quarter. So he couldn't go back in. So Brock Purdy had to go in with his torn elbow ligament, unable to throw the ball, and basically just hand it off to the running back. And they literally, from like for the fourth quarter, ran when they were down... 14 points at the start of the fourth quarter. They had to run the ball every time. And, you know, they did have one of the best running games in the league. But the thing with football is, you know, you can run, you can pass. But if the defense knows that you can only do one thing, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna stop that. They're going to stack. If you can only run the ball, they're going to stack. Stack their line, their defensive line with their big ugly motherfuckers and make it almost impossible for you to run, to run the ball on them. And if you can only pass the ball, they're going to put their speedy safeties and corners on the field and make it impossible for your receivers to even get remotely open. And then also, you know, they're going to play for the pass. You know, they're going to play for one. They're going to make, you know, defense isn't going to be tricked, so it's going to be almost impossible to do anything. And which is basically what happened. But shout out to the Philadelphia 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 Eagles 
for getting into the Super Bowl five years ago after they won it. Five years after they won it. Last. So get on the Eagles. Done well with a different quarterback and a different coach from five years ago. Let that be said. Get on your Jalen Hurts. Your offense basically mostly dominated through running the ball, which you did too. You you got you got some nice little tasty running yards, but uh, you played well enough, and your team's fucking epic to just dominate that game against the second best team in the league. Granted, without having a functioning quarterback at all for most of the game, so it is what it is. But the second game, and you know, obviously the boy got it wrong, but you can't blame me. I mean, fucking crazy shit happened. Second game happened. Chiefs. Hosting the Cincinnati Bengals and going into this game. <laughs> I'll put it this way. I picked the Bengals. But this game, what a fucking game this one was. Came right down to the wire. Last 10 seconds. Chiefs kick a field goal. Win the game 23-20. to I'll be honest, I had to fuck off to go to work and go to another appointment. So I missed most of the fourth quarter of this game. Which sucks because that was the absolute best part of the game. But basically, I went it. But I did go back and watch it afterwards after I saw the result. So, you know, basically what happened on the last drive is it looked like the Bengals were going to be able to stop the Chiefs' off, offense from even getting a f- decent field goal and we we're going to go to overtime until the last play. Dumb fuck Bengals defender pushed Pat Mahomes when he was already out of bounds by two full steps. Flag on the play, unnecessary roughness. 15 yards, gets the kick into field goal range. Chiefs kick the field goal, win the game in regular time. If that dumb fuck didn't make that dumb penalty, we would have gone to overtime, and who the fuck knows what would happen in overtime. So, that happened, but back and forth game. Mahomes made some mistakes. Burrow made some mistakes. They both did awesome stuff. Defensive played well. Offensive lines played well. Neither team could run the ball. But yeah, man, good game all around. Good game all around. One of the better games of the playoffs this season. But a bit of a dull playoffs, I'm not going to lie. Not many, like, close, like, insanely exciting games. Especially because, well, well, the Eagles don't... And that might just be because the Eagles are so fucking good. Because Eagles are the... I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll leave my Super Bowl pick properly till just for the game. I'll do more research. I was just about to say that the Eagles are my pick, so you know where I'm leaning at the moment. But we'll make our final decision on the game before the before the Super Bowl, the Friday night episode before the Super Bowl. That's when we'll make our prediction, and then after that, after that game, we'll have a nice, nice wee recap back here with all your friends. So yeah, Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl going to be a good Super Bowl. Two real good teams, both number one seeds, so you can't say they don't deserve it. And it's going to be a pretty good one. You got the Kelsey brothers, so. She, Jason Kelsey on the Eagles, Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. They got the podcast, New Heights Podcast, one of the best sports podcasts going around. Both fucking characters, both going to be Hall of Famers. You know, both happen to be brothers that get on like a fucking house on fire. So, really fucking well if you don't know what that means. And so it's just a good hour-long podcast that they do every week. And because, you know, they're both playing, they got those insights. And, you know, it's been a good year because both teams are playing well and now it's going to be even better their next podcast because, uh, you know, they're both going to Super Bowl as brothers, which is pretty fucking cool. But, yeah, wrapping up things here. As I mentioned in the last episode, we've got Tom Segura tomorrow night. The legend, 
Tommy Buns playing here in Christchurch tomorrow night at the Town Hall. And we're excited. We're excited. We've had our tickets for a while. He's one of the best damn comedians going. If you don't know his shit, look up his shit. It's on Netflix. Clips on YouTube. Funny as fuck. Just one of the best damn comedians alive today. And we get to see him tomorrow. Tommy Buns. And you know, as a comedian now, myself... I'm looking forward to breaking down, seeing what his new material is, seeing what he's working. You know, he, he's already shot this the special. It's been a couple of months, so maybe he's got some new shit that he's been working on that he's going to sprinkle in there, which would be a good fucking time. It'd be kind of cool to see some of that. Surely he's got some of that. It's been about, it's been at least like two, three months since he shot a special, so he's he's definitely would have written some shit and tried to get it out there because what's the point in saying it over and over and over again? So, you know... But, yeah, I think it's been good good episode sessions. We've learned some stuff, we've touched on some deep and meaningful topics. Don't forget, you know, if you are homosexual and you're struggling with coming out and being public and who you are and your own sexual identity, no one gives a fuck. Keep it to yourself and do what the fuck you want to do. Alright, see you later. Well, I will see you later when I unlock my phone and stop the recording right now.